that actually brings up a point, though. Oh, we're back to here, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> we always come back to here somehow. This show goes to weird places after a while, especially when I'm controlling it here. It's Wednesday, and you're listening to Hump Day Vibes on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM, and you're here with Brock, Byron, and Alex. So what have you been doing today? Hello, good afternoon. You're listening to Hump Day Vibes with Brock and Alex on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM on this lovely Wednesday afternoon. Got a fun show, as always, with some great music, some great topics to talk about, but we're going to jump straight into the music this one is from Elon Bust. What a great name right there. I like it. Uh, it's a song featuring Liv Stag. Hope you like it. And once again, you're listening to Hump Day Vibes. Read it. This is the most addictive website known to men. It will tear your life apart. And that's how we found this question. And the question of this week is, what is a perfect album from start to finish? where you don't skip some of the songs. Why, hello there, Brock. Hello, Alex. How are we doing? I am doing grand. Anyway, so this is a very, very important and deep question that has a profound impact on the rest of human civilization. I feel. The two, yeah. Okay. An album that I would not skip a single song. Hmm. I think the honour would certainly go to two bands that I don't shut up about and I try my best to put a song on every show. It is... One of them, one of the albums by Sabaton, the recent one, The Great War. Oh, great album. Yes, fantastic album. And um, I would say one of the albums by Rammstein. It's called uh, Rise, Rise. And uh, it's just, even though I don't know the uh, the meanings of the song, because they're mostly all in German, but um, just some of the songs are just so well done. But then again, though, Rammstein is, uh, they're always in that sort of, level of quality above a lot of other bands and it was one of the reasons why they're like one of the most popular bands of all time so yeah the honor goes to sabaton and rammstein for me well it's actually funny that you bring up uh sabaton because when you were trying to get byron and i to listen to the great war when yeah. it was coming out because i know you uh got us into sabaton before with songs such mm. as shirayama and um bismarck and whatnot. yeah well because what i wanted to do was um the great war album sort of came out fairly recently and i decided decided to i know like the two of you aren't necessarily into like too heavy metal you know you like to have it a bit of more of a lighter tone and all that sort of stuff so i decided to just uh send you a link to like the album and just like you know what choose a song that would be suitable for you and uh the one song that the three of us liked was uh, 82nd All The Way. Yes, and it's a fantastic song. And I'm really disappointed that we cleared out the music so we can't actually play it for uh, later on into, uh, into the show today. Well, the other one but that we always do is The Red Baron as well. That too. And that, that's a fantastic one as well. And even, even Byron like, sings praises for that. But um, Which is very high because he's normally quite snobby. You know, that's... Uh, oh, absolutely. He's, well, he's a music us, snob. Yeah, that's us taking advantage of his absence, you know. Exactly. So I hope he's listening. But a uh, point I was going to make, though, is it's good that you brought up The Great War by Sabaton because when you were trying to uh, get Byron and I to listen, I went on to uh, Apple Music to listen to it, and there was, like, I didn't realise they had different versions of the album. And so uh, they have, like, a normal one and then... Uh, a historical version. Yeah, a historical version. But mm. then they also have, like, a um, like a orchestral-esque sort of, like, version of it or, like... Um, oh, yeah. So, like, like just a standard classical orchestra or something like apocalyptica uh kind of like a mix between like instrumental and orchestral and right right right. yeah and at first i um did you listen to the entire album just the instrumental i I listened to that one first because 
at the time I didn't really know much about Sabaton and yeah. uh I was like, wow, this is actually really good. And I was like, I'm surprised Alex like was raving about this so much because I thought there was there was uh, lyrics and stuff like that, but it was just all orchestral and stuff like that. And I'm like, you know what? This is really good. And so I listened to the whole album uh, in that form first. And I was like, okay, this is kind of like a uh, sort of like narrative story-esque album. And mm. then afterwards I uh, then listened to the main one. I was like, okay, yep, it's still fantastic. Mm-hmm. But... I just thought it was a little funny uh, story to share out there with you because I don't think I've shared that one with you before. Yeah, you haven't. We might as well try to, like, at some point play some of those more orchestral versions of Sabaton songs. Oh, absolutely. And it's not as if they're, like, some really slow, like... Calm and chill sort of ones, you know. It's full on, like, war epic sort of, Mm. like, as a title of the Great War kind of should be with really war-written music, you know? But, uh, yeah. Um, Well, that's always Sabaton. Sabaton, they always love... Just history and war stories and individuals and just incredible moments in history. And uh, I love it. And um, the reason when I was like interviewing one of the band members <laughs> like last year, they just they Whoa, I've were... never heard of this before. I know. I haven't sh- <laughs> like uh, like I wouldn't have told you at all about this. But Not um, once. they said like they they like to sing songs about the real world. And so fiction never really intrigues them that much. No, yeah, no, that's exactly right, because it's very easy to tell a story when it's actually already a story which is true Mm. so yeah so that's an interesting tidbit right there um as for me though um finding an album which i find is perfect from start to finish is pretty uh difficult but yeah because like if a song's not perfect it doesn't mean it's bad it's just there are definitely songs that are better that you just want to skip to to get to the good songs that you really like yeah absolutely Mm. and the only one which really comes to mind for me is uh, Worlds by Porter Robinson. Right. And so it's a 2013 album, uh, roughly, where it's like a um, sort of like a electronic dance, ambient, like all sort of like story-driven uh, album. And right. probably one of the greatest albums of the last decade, like up there in like the, the top five to ten, you know what I mean? Like not from like my own personal perspective, but like... But it reached the top of the charts when it released. Yeah, released. basically. It's, okay. it's been critically acclaimed very well. And like you know what, like I hate to use the word perfect because I don't I don't consider the album perfect in itself, but it's the closest thing I can think of because there's plenty of songs where you know I'd prefer to listen to those instead of the whole thing. But yeah. if I had no choice on the matter, I could easily listen to it. You know what I mean? I'm gonna introduce you to a much harder question now. What okay. do you think is your favorite? What would you consider a perfect single? Perfect single? Mm. Um, honestly, Billie Jean by Michael Jackson. Okay. Yep. Uh, because I think it's, I don't know how to, I I can't really, in my unqualified opinion, but if there was ever something which is, quote unquote, the perfect pop song. For you as well. Yeah, that's what I mean. I think Billie Jean by uh, Michael Jackson. Interesting. What about yourself? Guess what band? It's not Sabaton though. It's um, Rammstein. It is the single that was released in 2019, Deutschland. I absolutely love that song. And uh, this one's based on a story as well? Well, basically, no. Well, it's just basically all about German history. And uh, we maybe should... I think we should play it later today, I think. Just to give the listeners a sense about how epic it is. Do we have it on the uh, thingo? I think we do. Because, honestly, I- I'll just play it right now if we want to end. I'm assuming it's a... Uh, <laughs> it's a Rammstein Deutschland? Deutschland? Deutschland. 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 Okay, so yeah, get your German accent right. 
Uh, yes, it's very difficult. <laughs> I'm never doing that again. But um, <laughs> sorry, you really just wow. Uh, yeah, I really just You're so distracted offensive. me right there. I hope not. But um, I, I think I've found it. I'm going to put it on for I you. Another of someone complains though about you. Oh, uh, I mean, <laughs> it's about time. You've got nothing to lose, man. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so uh, that's um, been the Reddit question. Uh, you're listening to Hump Day Vibes with Brock and Alex. Uh, coming up now, we do have uh, Deutschland by Ramstein. And, uh, Deutschland. Yeah, Deutschland. I'm, I'm sorry. It's, you put me on the spot here. <laughs> and um, we'll be right back after the music. And stay tuned. Choose your character. Choose your weapon. Round one. Fight! This is Game Sesh. And on this week's edition of Game Sesh, Alex, you have kind of been playing this uh, game called The Forest. Now, I don't know too much about it, except the fact that it seems very, very... um, How do I describe this? Cannibalistic. Oh, well, you'll certainly uh, see. I was trying to make some uh, really, like, really cool, like, smart pun back, but I've got nothing. Um, so basically, uh, due to the lack of sort of like recent game news, we're talking about the games that we've been playing lately, and the forest um, is one of those typical like uh, survival crafting, survival horror crafting simulators that you get. And the basic premise is you're a father with his son flying on a plane, and then all of a sudden, for some mysterious reason. They play in crashes onto this mysterious island, and then you see your son being taken away by a mysterious group of cannibals, basically. And your objective is to, you know, build a base, craft, survive, um, get some food, all that sort of stuff, while fending off attacks from, like, uh, the natives, so to speak. But uh, that, and it gradually escalates, so to speak. So you start building a hell of a lot more, and um, you start going down a very dark path. Especially when it's uh, a multiplayer, instead of just this one dad, you know, trying to rescue its son, it's this dad collective, depending on how many friends you bring with you, like, up to, like, eight people, so that's kind of funny. But, um, at the moment, though, my friend and I, we are certainly the the real monsters of this game. (laughs) I'm not sure if I should say all of the details on it for the sake of, like, being family-friendly, but, um, we're currently acting like, uh, a bunch of... Like conquistadors, so to speak. You know, it's like uh, we are these Christian explorers trying to bring civilization to these savages, and uh, yeah, it's taken a dark turn. But um, hey, the cannibals—they started it, so we just got to fight them. And uh, it's very—it's a very fun game. Like exploring the the forest, crafting your own home, exploring like really scary caves and all that sort of stuff. But um, when you're playing it alone, it is a really scary game. But then when you're with a few friends, you know, you could take on sort of anything as well. But it's gotten to the point, though, where um, our group, we're a bit too lazy now to cut down trees with manual tools, so we decided to just use dynamite. That'll get, <laughs> that'll get the trees. And does that still give you, like, all the wood associated yeah, with it? Yeah, you know, you just... Because um, um, I guess the if like if the game, like, properly adhered to physics, there wouldn't be a tree left, but uh, they no, they just fall nice and gracefully and have all the logs just, like, sort of spawn there. So it's just quick and convenient. I was going to say, that is very convenient. Yeah. But uh, I was just feeling we need to play some like sort of like hardcore national anthems when we're doing it's like just like all these explosions. But um, I would highly recommend you play the forest, especially when you have a few good friends with you. You'll have an absolute blast. But just uh, 
try and like maintain your own sense of morality. You don't want to go down the dark path that my friends are going down. Because we're forming this hardcore like religious cult at the moment. So what I've kind of gathered right now <laughs> is basically a cultish but not blocky Minecraft-esque sort well, of Well, you could turn thing. it into a cultish Minecraft sort of thing if you decide to start to go down that path. You could be a complete pacifist if you want. And uh, the AI in the forest is actually really, really sophisticated. If you don't, like, tamper with the forest too much, if you don't cut down that many trees, or if you don't attack anyone, the cannibals would just sort of, like, just observe you, just check you out, see if you're a threat or not, and um, they might, like, try to confront you, see what test your metal and so that's, uh, that sort of stuff. But then later on, if you start killing cannibals yourself and then just clearing vast chunks of the forest, you can tell that um, the natives aren't really happy with you and they start, like, launching full-on, basically full-on warfare against you. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It just gradually escalates and gets more and more and more challenging and more terrifying as well, especially when, um, like, stuff really hit the fan and you're, like, on your, like, last sort of legs and uh, you have no weapons left and uh, you're running out of food, you're tired and you're getting chased by cannibals. But um, at the moment, though, my friend and I, we're doing fine. We've got the we've got this savage problem firmly under control. Okay, and you mentioned at the start that uh, essentially you're on the plane, you've crashed, and then they mm -hmm. take your child. Yep. So is there an end game? Yes, it's to try and find your son. And is it actually possible yeah. to do so? It is possible, but uh, we're just um, having too much fun building our base at the moment. So, <laughs> so basically, if you want to, you can completely ignore that aspect of the if game. If you want, if you want. It was quite hilarious because... Um, my group, we uh, built this boat, and then we were sort of thinking when we were exploring the oceans, we were just like, hey, should we, like, rescue our son? It's like, oh, yeah, we forgot about our son. <laughs> oh, yeah, that exists. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we don't want to end the game, you know. Yeah, well, in a nice and uh, friendly uh, turnaround from your playing of the forest, I mentioned Minecraft earlier. That's because I've been playing that again recently. Uh, not too often, but I ended up stumbling upon a, a uh, older map that I used to play back in the day. Ah. And um, it is one I didn't even know was a like converted world because it was this was back when I was on like PlayStation 3. It had been converted over to PlayStation 4. And I went and explored um, this old map that me and one of my other friends played on. Mm. And I still remember like playing it and, like, all the builds that we did and stuff like that. And it was, it was so basic and everything like that, but I think my fondest so memories, my fondest memories of Minecraft are, like, the original, like, survival sort of servers where there were, like, no rules at all. Like, it was all just griefers everywhere. Yeah. And you're, you and your friends basically had to just team up. But uh, I really enjoy that. I didn't enjoy it when they introduced too many just rules for it, you know. I felt like the Wild West back in the old days. Well, and, and see, like, it kind of got me a bit nostalgic, and I really want to make up my own... Uh, server. Just, like, server again now, you know what I mean? Because it's, like, it's so innocent and fun and just... But you so can express yourself toxic as well. That's what I mean, but you can express yourself in so many different ways, and it really is... I don't want to say it's the perfect game, but it really is a game which anyone can play, anyone can pick up. You can take it at your own pace if you want to. So you can go as slow as you want, as fast as you want. Like you can mm. do anything that you want to do. And it needs like that needs to be in more games. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. have their, they have their place having linear experiences as well, but just having the non-linear as well, yeah. it's, it's just, great. Yeah. Just don't build a giant high side of wood. Why not? 
because, you know, griefers will burn it. Yeah, but that's the starting starting base, you know what I mean? Aside from just digging into a random hill and you then having a, a cobblestone one. Exactly. No, you dig into a random hill and then you just try to camouflage your spot well. Well, my trick was I... I uh, sort of created this like tiny like lava lake yeah so like four blocks and so the lava lake and then you got ladders underneath it and then you've got Ooh. water and so what it will look like is in order to get to your base you have to jump into the lava and then you'll like the hope water that you will... don't die no no no. because uh, if you jump at it from the right height you'll just go through it quite quickly and then you have the water to help you out there but it's this <laughs> nice little cool hidden entrance that i often love doing that, that's the that'd be the funny things where uh you just like have like a random platform to dive into and it'd be like why is there a platform to dive into this lava here? Because hmm. we're all just, like, really depressed players. <laughs> just end the game. <laughs> I mean, you never know. <laughs> Maybe we could, like, create it, like, oh, do, like, a scenario, like, a, you've seen Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom. Yes, absolutely. It's so a maybe great like, movie. So, so just, like, um, it's like, Kalima, Shaktile. And when he just jumps in, like, they chuck the uh, the sacrificial victims into the lava. We could do, like, a scenario like that. <laughs> Dude, Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom used to oh, creep me out film. as a child when they started ripping out the uh, heart. Like, that was the scariest thing I'd ever seen when I was growing up. Well, since we're derailing it already... May as well, let's do it. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, I think it's by far the most memorable Indiana Jones. It is unforgettable. Oh, it's a great uh, movie, but I actually think... um, Oh, I'm... I'm I'm going to really disappoint you. I've already forgotten the name of the third one. Uh, Last, the Last Crusade. Crusade. Last Crusade. I think, yeah, uh, that the, is that is the most iconic one to me. I think the the Last Crusade and uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark are objectively better films, but um, the uh, the Temple of Doom is definitely more memorable. Oh yeah, and but the only reason I say this about the third one is so is I have a distinct childhood memory, and I don't understand why I always remember it. But you know what how when they're, was it Sean when they no 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 when they're in uh, Italy and uh, they're in the library mm-hmm. and he gets oh yeah the the, uh, the guy stamping yeah 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 when they're like, stamping like on earth why does it do this giant like bang sound every yeah. time I, yeah and I I saw that scene when I was a child I didn't know what movie it was and then maybe like a decade or so later I saw it and I was like. This is Indiana Jones. Mm. And uh, do you remember that yeah. scene where he's in Berlin and he accidentally, accidentally gets like shoved in front of Hitler? Yeah. Oh, and then he signs the um, book. He, yeah, uh, he signs the he book sign- that he signs the book that Hitler is looking for. Mm, yeah. Uh, was um. That's what I was just going to ask. Like, because I real diary. Yeah. Yeah, because I was going to ask whether it was that or was if it was a copy of like Mein Kampf or something like that. Because um, obviously that would have been a funny like thing Probably. for thing to sign at the same um, time. I guess, no, he thought he just, it was like, oh, it's a book, it's just a random follower, I'll sign it. Yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah, I remember, like, watching as a kid, it was like, whoa, this is edgy stuff. I've never seen, like, Nazis in an action film before. Well, of course, like, in a non, like... <laughs> and then uh, many years in, like, later. <laughs> in, a, in, a, like, in a sort of, like, because it wasn't st- uh, technically, like, a World War Two film. It was set during that time, but uh, you never associated it as one. It was just purely, like, action adventure. Yeah, exactly. And then you saw the Nazis in it, and it was like, then again, though, Nazis will always make great antagonists, because, you know, you can... Uh, it's easy to make them hateable, you know? They don't have to do much. And I've forgotten what movie it was, but uh, another one that just came to mind about great scenes is when they're going on the, uh, like, the blimp or whatever it is, and yep. then he pretends to be the, um, like, the ticket uh, yeah, yeah, collector. Yeah, the, uh, the steward. I was, like, I was like, no ticket. Yeah, yeah, throws him out the window. He's like, this guy didn't have a ticket. And then everyone just starts, like, showing their ticket and everything. Yep. Uh, yep. Now, now I really film. want to binge all the Indiana Jones now. You know what you've yeah, done to me? good films, good films. <laughs> Well, we're derailing it. Maybe we'll talk a bit more on films when we get into uh, Nerd Talk. But we're going to go to our next song. Uh, this one's by Sneaker Kids. It's called Mint. And once again, listening to Humpty Vibes, Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM, 
driving you home with Brock and Alex. Stay tuned. And that was Let the Devil In by Green Lung. You've been listening to Hump Day Vibes with uh, Brock and Alex driving you home on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. It is nearly quarter to five here at Murdoch University. And I feel like the pair of us are getting a little bit too relaxed here, so might as well, you know, just close the show with a nice little talking segment. And what better to talk about than Nerd Topic. We are talking Pokemon. Game of Thrones. We could talk about that. You guys remember Gangnam Style, right? I loved Gangnam Style. You're listening to Nerd Talk. So basically, throughout like the past half an hour, I was uh, nagging Brock about various books that he needs to read. But uh, before I sort of provide you some recommendations, what have you been sort of catching up on? Okay, so um, I've just kind of finished my uh, book on the... Um, Tokyo uh, Mafia Boss. Ah, uh, uh, yes. The one I was talking about ages ago. Um, so I finished that very recently. You're a slow reader. Well, I actually had a bit of a break from, uh, from enough, reading. And then I eventually got back into it. Um, and then I've uh, now started uh, reading the abridged version of uh, Journey to the West. Ah, yes. And so uh, that's that's been very interesting. It's actually a very interesting book in the sense of it's not traditionally... Uh, outlined how a normal book would be because Mm. it's oh how do i describe it like there's a lot of poems which mean stuff Mm. which have been translated in english i I guess it would be like strange for those like from a more western audience as well when you imagine literature being like structured in a certain way i suppose yes exactly and it's things such as um if you read a conversation in like a book you know what i mean it's it's sort of like set up out like a um a conversation actually would be, you know what I mean? Mm. But with this one, this isn't the case. It's done in like a, not third person point of view, but like, is there like a second person, if that makes any sense? Like, Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's, it's a little like, bit it, more awkward to describe. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. it's it, it's not in like the way we're used to. And it's kind of hard to wrap your head around that because it's not what you would personally write, and, but it's still very interesting to read along. And I'm having a lot of fun reading it because it's... um. Just, like it's thinking, just something different, you know? I'm also thinking about um, Journey to the West's influence over popular culture, I suppose. Like, the amount of, like, anime or superhero shows or anything. I and mean, a lot of pop- popular culture things, they had their inspiration from a lot of stuff from Journey into the West. Oh, ab- absolutely. Um, just off the top of my head, I can name just, you know, Dragon Ball, for example. Like, it's probably one of the biggest uh, ones you can think of. I mean, I think a lot of people, especially if they were... Uh, children growing up when it was like the 80s and all the stuff like that they probably remember something called monkey magic um mm. which i grew up on uh the video game monkey magic and so this is what kind of spurred my uh my interest in uh journey to the west and stuff like that and so i've been surrounded by that story my entire life and one thing you were telling me that i find quite interesting is that you're wanting to get stuck into the uh the romance of the three kingdoms yes um which is going to be Quite an undertaking. From what I've heard, it's a massive book. Oh, yes, 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 it is. Uh, I kind of have it as a, I don't want to say a life goal, but I'm going to call it a life goal, is I want to read the four, um, like there's four Chinese books of, um, like, oh, I'm just going to call it four famous, like, literature or something like that. Um, Who are the writers? Yeah, um, so I don't have the um, actual... uh, 
what's the word? Like, oh, the four classic novels. There you go. There you go. And um, so it's just Romance of the Three Kingdoms, uh, Journey to the West, uh, Water Margin, and then Dream of the Red Chamber. Okay. So um, there are apparently four incredibly famous, like, almost folklore tales and stuff like that. And mm. I think that's what I want to, like, read. Like, I want to make it a life goal in a sense to that's... read all four of them. I think having a uh, life goal of reading significant literature, it is certainly a noble goal. I think all of us should try to pursue such things, I would say. Speaking of, though, there is one book that I would think I've been nagging you to read, but I think that everyone should read, because I completed it fairly recently, is um, Alexander Solzhenitsyn's masterpiece, The Gulag Archipelago, perhaps one of the most important books of the 20th century. And why is that... Well, because it was one of the things that shed a light on what life under communism was really like. Because Solzhenitsyn, first off, he was a soldier in the Red Army in the Second World War. And he was arrested in 1945 by Stalin and sent to the Gulag labor camps for like 10 years in Siberia. So him recounting his own like personal experiences and the experiences of like millions of others and just uh, events in history going on in Russia at the time. It's um, When the book was finished, when he... Um, finally uh, left the labor camps he uh, decided to like write write the gulag archipelago as like almost as his own memoirs basically and um, under like a great deal of secrecy and stress he managed to finish the gulag archipelago but smuggle it to the west as well and then when it was smuggled to the west it absolutely exploded in popularity and it sort of resulted in Solzhenitsyn being exiled from the Soviet Union and um, I would say he's the perfect remedy for those that were like tempted to follow radical ideologies like uh, or like Marxism is the most uh, profound example in the book. And I would say it's not just a profound like historical study or a biographical study, but it's also moral philosophy as well. And it's talking about our own individual capacity of committing evil, especially when one views our actions as morally righteous. I think the most important quote in the book is... Um, the line between good and evil cuts through the heart of every human being. It was only by how a situation turned out that they were the executioners and we were the victims. And so I think, especially when I finish reading it, you turn into, I guess you feel quite virtuous or you endeavor to just be a kind individual and not constantly think about um, in terms of a group or an ideology or anything like that. Because what made the 20th century so uniquely violent wasn't uh, just because of like various uh, political things or like economic situations, but it was ideology. Ideology can make you commit atrocities. And uh, alongside uh, the archipelago and uh, with the compilation of all of his speeches across the West, it, uh, I think his work is more relevant today than ever. And I think it will be one of those timeless, perhaps, I wouldn't say mandatory reading, but essential for anyone to like understand the, um, the risks of ideological indoctrination as well. And uh, I guess on that note, I think we can sort of end the show, because since it's coming up to 10 to 5 here, do you think that would be a wise thing, I suppose? Yeah, I mean, it looks like a pretty wise option to me. The uh, wisest option, I we're, would say. We're pretty uh, booked out at this point because, uh, like, we like to ramble about our interests and stuff like that. And so, yeah, uh, I think if we ramble on any more, there'll be uh, people will just be <sighs> falling asleep think, on us, especially, I think. And especially when you're rambling on about Solzhenitsyn, you know, it's coming up to five o'clock. You know, it's a bit too serious a topic for people to be driving home from work and all that. Exactly. And uh, on that note, though, I am going to quickly give a couple of plugs out there for those who are listening along. 
Uh, so Hump Day Vibes, we are available on www.humpdayvibes.com where you can listen to every single show from January 2019 to the current day. So that's obviously, uh, what, September this year. So 2020, of course. Uh, we're on Spotify, Apple Music. Uh, we have Facebook, we have Instagram. They're all Hump Day Vibes, so search them uh, up, you know. <laughs> if you want, you know, at your complete leisure, go to Spotify. Exactly. And aside from that, though, that is it from me. Goodbye, au revoir, adios. And, uh, and I shall say, fare thee well, dear listeners. Coming up now, I shall finish this show on the song Unwind by Greta Ray. Stay tuned and we'll so- we shall see you next week.